As I said earlier, I was wanting to share a little bit about heaven. A little bit about the hope that we can have in our hearts as a child of God. A little bit about the love of Jesus who brought the last invitation before the Bible would close. And as I thought about that, I thought about uh, some verses that I had written down a few years ago, and I want to share them with you today. Please listen to the words that God gave me one night as I dreamed about heaven. Has your soul received the Savior now today? Will you live in heaven when you go away? When you take that journey to another land, will you see him reaching out to take your hand? Has your soul received the Savior now today? Will you live in heaven when you go away? As you make that journey to another land, will you see him reaching out to take your hand? Just wanted to repeat that. What a joy that yes awaits you in the sky when you turn around and say your last goodbye. We can see the sights of glory come in view. Yes, for every child of God, this story's true. So I stand once more today to let you know when you fully trusted Jesus, where you go. There's a place prepared in heaven, what a day. So I urge you, let the Savior guide the way. Thank you, Jesus, for the vision I can see. For the sights of heaven mean so much to me. Yes, I love you, Lord, and I long to be with you. Guide my steps until my life on earth is true. I just love to talk about heaven. And I know there's a need sometimes to talk about hell. There's a need to realize that there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. There's a need to be able to say that Jesus wanted to say more about heaven than he did about hell. Horrors of hell would so frighten the Savior of the world that he couldn't hardly bear to talk about it in his word. But as I thought about this last week, about the last invitation, I just began to look at the Bible and see it seeming like turning the pages. I thumbed through and I got to the last of the Bible and I was almost to the cover and it was as though I could hear Jesus say, Wait, don't close it yet. I want to give my creation, my world, another invitation. And you know, one day the last invitation will come. Jesus will be offering the invitation to the lost to come to seek salvation. It was almost like Noah and the ark story. How that there came a time, a given designated time that God would close the door of the ark. And so it will be one day that Jesus will be the ark that will be closed. Opportunity will pass. The lost will be lost and the saved will be saved and the doors of opportunity will have closed. You know, we're living in a day that seems like the Bible is fulfilling itself every day. It seems like that we can see the unfolding of God's plan so real and so so relevant to our day as we live and it seems like that God may well have intentions to come back very soon. I love the song, very soon, coming soon. I don't know how it goes, but 
But one of the things, there are conditions to meet in order for, for us to experience heaven, and God's word has written out so plainly the results of redemption and what can come about when we do have that. So I turn to the book of Revelations, no more or less, no, no surprise to that as we think about heaven and the last invitation. And so I want you to turn with me to Revelations, the 22nd chapter, and I want to read from verses 13 through 21, and I want to read the last words the Bible has to say to you and I today. Would you please stand for that? And by the way, I like uh, the Alpha and Omega. I guess you notice that in the cross in the middle. Thank you, Brother Norman. I appreciate that. As we read then Revelations 22, 13 through 21, God said, Jesus said himself, I am Alpha and Omega, Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city, that is heaven. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. But I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you those things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that thirsteth say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things saith, and those are the words of Jesus, four words that the last four words Jesus said to the world before he would close the Bible, surely I come quickly. And someone said, amen, even so come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Would you bow with us in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do love to read your promise. We do love to read your word that says that you will give an invitation even today as we've gathered. And we just pray, Lord, if there's someone here that's not a Christian that hasn't been saved, that they could hear this invitation and that it could well be the last. Though that we do not know, it's in your hands, Lord, and we do not even want to speculate on that, but we know that one day the last invitation will be given. And it is so important what we do today that tomorrow might not afford us that chance. Guide us now, Lord, as we look into your word and listen to you speak to our hearts. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. A very rich lady had died, and she went to heaven. She soon, no sooner got through heaven's gates, and, uh, and uh, she met uh, a lady. By the way, that's the maid I had. She was pulled up to a mansion and got out of a Rolls Royce and she thought, wow, if that's what my maid gets, there's no telling what God has in store for me. And no sooner than she said, she turned to walk away and St. Peter met her and gave her a bicycle. Well, she was down about that, certainly. My goodness, a bicycle? And a day passed and St. Peter come up before her again and 
she was smiling. St. Peter said, oh, you look better. You're happy now, right? I sure am because I just met my pastor on roller skates. <laughs> I don't know if that's relevant to us here today or not, but I like that. I read that this week and I thought, well, how cute. John's vision of heaven came by way of the writing of Revelation on the Isle of Patmos where God had put him off to the side in order not to let the world hamper any at all or have any influence on his mind. And fact of the matter is, the, the worldly people thought that they had gotten John out of the way. By the way, John's the last surviving apostle or disciple of Jesus as he would be able to be preserved for a plan that God wanted to say something about salvation before he would close the Bible. And I just love to read Revelations, I really do. And one of the things that we must realize about Revelations, though it is in a personal uh, speaking to personal people to our hearts individually, I would say, but it's the letters and, and messages to the church. And uh, I believe it is so important to understand that because Revelations is God wanting to say through Jesus the things that he wanted the church to hear. A preparation time that the church might be able to reckon the fact that one day we will be able to say Jesus has come. You've heard me say before, but I, I just have often had this thought. Uh, one of these days we'll be listening to the radio and or the television and all of a sudden static will come across the screen. You can't see what's on there. The world stuff is fading away when all of a sudden there's an announcer comes on and they say, you want to see something spectacular. It's not the, uh, the meteor showers that we seen the other night, or I didn't see them, I tried to. But Jesus has come. And in the eastern sky, God in Jesus, the Son of God, will be gathered with the holy angels and be coming back. Do you believe that? You better believe that. It is Bible as it can be to know that Jesus made a promise when he went back to heaven that I'll be back. And I'm not sure just how long that's going to be, but I know that the holy city stands in awe at the fact that God is going to come and rapture his church through his son's appearance and we will see Jesus in the sky. We must trust in the beauty of that story. We must put our total trust in the fact that I am willing to receive what God wants to give me. I am willing to lack what God wants to withhold from me. I am willing to give what I must. I am willing to suffer what he would have me suffer and to do what he would have me to do. If you and I could sign that proclamation, if you please, this morning, we would be where God wants us to be and be ready to serve him in a most miraculous and wonderful way. And your life would be different tomorrow than it is today because you have said, that's exactly what I want to do. Story of redemption is the, the greatest desire of God. God's greatest desire is to save the lost in the world. But we have a, and you've heard me say before, but we have an if salvation approach. And that is if we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he has come, that he did come and give his life, then we have that promise of eternal life. And tonight we're going to be looking at, at the subject of what, am I, what do I believe as a child of God. We're going to be looking a little bit at the predestination parts of the Bible and some have a misconception of that, I believe. But I believe that God has given us 
the, the know so about that and that we should look at it together. And if you have an opportunity, I wish you had come. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and we like sheep have gone astray, but we cannot. We cannot out God's grace. If you are a child of God, you are a child of God. And I believe with all my heart that God is so ready to send out a help that he wants to give us. I want us to behold the glory of God this morning in Jesus as we look at Revelations. As we hear him say that I was sufficient to begin your life with as the life of a child of God. And I'll be sufficient to end your life with as the life of a child of God. I'm the Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and the end, the first and the last. I will be there for you and I will be there at the end. And so what a promise that we can have. read a story once about a, a little boy was flying a kite. Well, I remember once the grandkids, we were trying to fly and the kite went over the hill, plumb out of sight and we still was holding the string. Couldn't see the kite, but we could tell by the pull on the string that the kite was still there. And I think it's kind of like it is with salvation. Not always do we see in a miraculous, wonderful way the face of Jesus, the, the presence of God, the Spirit overwhelming us. But if we are a child of God, there is a power pull. There is a connecting link. And it's called prayer. And if you haven't felt the pull of God lately, get on your knees and you will be connected once again as a child of God. And you will know that the, the God is there even though maybe... You cannot see him. As I thought about heaven and all that is laid up in store for us, uh, I realized what Jesus did on the cross. You know, one of the things that there's an impossibility, several of them for you and I as, as human beings. One is that if you and I were to walk outside here, each one of us pick up a stone and try to throw it over the courthouse, we would none of us be able to do it. We would all fail. And without the power of God, we all are failures. But God has made a promise that I'll be with you and I was with you and I gave my life for you. If you were in the hospital and had cancer, very terminally ill, and I came in and said, I want to, and had the power to do it, I want to take those cancer cells out of your body and put them in mine. What would happen to me? I would die. Jesus did somewhat of the same. When he was on the cross, he looked at the sins of the world and he took those out of the folks that were in the world at the time and even today, put them in himself, and Jesus died because the plague of sin had entered his physical body and the spiritual had to take hold of him and he was able to conquer death even by the accepting of your sins in his life. That's what Jesus did. That's the God that we know and love today. Don't cut things short when we see the beauty of the promise that God has given. The psalmist David said, as he looked at his own life, we've been studying about David some, and I love the stories we're into in the Sunday school lately. But the psalmist David said, as he was realizing, sometimes he was, had a shortcoming in his life, and he realized that, he needed to know a little bit more. He needed to feel a little bit closer. And he needed to know that it was where God wanted him to be. And he said in 139 verses 23 and 24, I think it is. He said, search me, O God. Know my heart. 
Try me and know my thoughts. And see, God, if there be any wicked way in me. And if there is, would you lead me in your way everlasting? That's what I believe that God's people need to pray today. And I hear people say, you know, uh, I heard a fellow say once, he was a deacon actually. And I was talking about repentance. And I said, I have a need to repent almost daily. He said, I don't. He said, I repented when I was saved and I've not had a need to do that again. Well, heaven help the man that feels like that he's living in the perfectest life that he doesn't need to repent. I believe it is a daily thing. And repent's not just a word for the lost. And though it is indeed a lost that needs to be saved, the repentance is what is need to be there for the promise to come from God. But you and I as God's people, we, we, as I said, we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We like sheep go astray and we realize that the separation between us and God was not made by God, but by the indifferent things that we have in our lives and sin even itself can sever that relationship. And what God had in mind with Jesus on the cross was simply to, to have a, a relationship with his creation, to be able to bring his creation together. I know that life is filled with headaches and heartaches and sorrow and broken hearts and burdens and uh, we just can't hardly find out just what you know the way the weight of sin can get so whirly and heavy but I believe one of the things that will cause that to disappear is to get ourselves in the presence by way of prayer and God will guide that he will ease the pain and you know when we talk about the, the, the valleys that get so deep and so hard and so long, God did not make you a promise to take you out of that valley instant, instantaneously. But he made a promise that he would get in there with you. And he does, he did, he has, and he will as we just ask him to guide us and be there for us. As you look at Revelations, it seems like, and I did, as I say, I just love to read the words of Jesus and the last invitation that he wanted to give. And uh, it says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come. The Spirit certainly is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. His bride is the church. And what an awesome opportunity you and I have as Christ's church to give that won't you come opportunity to someone that's lost. That's our place. That's our opportunity. That's our obligation. That's our responsibility as the church of Jesus Christ to tell someone what they need to do to be saved. Never again will we have to worry about sin if you've been saved. All worry that we do unintentionally and sometimes intentionally, intentionally sin. But God has made a promise. And you know, I just love to, we shared a little bit Wednesday night to the folks there at the uh, uh, Beehive, the Beehive. And I, I just often, when I read Revelations, I just, I, I can't keep my eyes off of Jesus on the cross. And what he did there that day as there on the cross, he was suffering and, and someone said, that's the son of God. God had some way of, of helping him to, to not feel the pain that we could have felt as a human being. I want you to know that Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, suffered more than you have ever suffered or than you ever will suffer. You could not bear the pain that Jesus bore even before he died. And I believe with all my heart that God did indeed close the windows and doors of heaven and the earth began to quiver as though it would just convulse 
Just, just vomit, if you please, over what the Savior was having to do. And the angels, no doubt, by the thousands, were standing by and saying, Oh God, Heavenly Father, is there not an easier way? But God gave no order to ease the pain of Jesus on the cross. He gave no intention of lessening the pain that he would suffer because of his love for the world. And the key to the gospel is no lesser more than John 3, 16. You know it by heart. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn us, but that the world through Jesus would be saved. Do you know Jesus this morning as your Savior and Lord? The cross. Can you see the cross? There's three, isn't there? Jesus in the middle. Do you see the other sides of Jesus? There's two thieves on the cross also. One of them began to tell the other, let's get him to save us. He saved others. Can he save himself and us? But one of the thieves on the cross, realizing that he deserved what he was getting, realizing the magnitude of what Jesus was doing, he looked over at him and somehow, I just want to see the eyes of the thief meeting the eyes of Jesus. And he said, remember me. Remember me, Jesus, when you enter into your kingdom. When you go to heaven, remember me, please. That thief on the cross, he didn't have time to do good works. He didn't even have time to go into a baptistry or down to the river to be baptized. But he was baptized by the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. And there that day on the cross, he received salvation. And in those moments that would pass, he was going to heaven with Jesus. And I often, I, I, just, I, just love, I just love to try to see the love of Jesus. And I can see Jesus maybe in the doors of heaven. Bowed before the Father. And there cradled in his arms was that old repentant robber. That one that he loved so dearly. Heavenly Father, he may well have said, this is the first one and this is why I did it. And there'll be more. Are you one more? Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Do you have on the coat the proper uniform? You know the story in the Bible where it talked about the, the wedding that was prepared. Someone looked and saw someone at the wedding that didn't have on the wedding uniform, didn't have on their proper clothing, and they were asked to be put out. We have to be clothed with the robe of righteousness in order to go to heaven. When we walk through heaven's door, we want to hear, Well done, that good and faithful servant. You've been ruler over many things. I'll make you ruler over many. Enter into the kingdom. Enter into heaven. It's here for you. What an inheritance you have. What a wonderful promise that he has given. Do you have that promise in your heart today? Do you know Jesus as Savior and Lord of your life? Have you done all that God wants you to do? Maybe today you're a Christian and you've been that for some time or a long time maybe. And you might need to make that commitment to step in another step of his will. To present yourself for whatever it might be. Jesus is tenderly calling 
And he is giving us another invitation. What do you want to do today that maybe you can't do tomorrow? Would you bow with us as we pray? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for so much. I thank you, Lord, for this time of worship that you have given us. I thank you for the stories in the Bible that we can read and just reflect on your love over and over again. I thank you, Lord, for those promises that are so dear to us. Promises, Lord, that are made to all. If we profess faith in you, salvation can come. There's an invitation time given again today, Lord, and it's from you. And whatever that need is, maybe you by faith have the spiritual boldness to step out and do what you'd have us to do today. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen.